0: You can find them at megavoice.com or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Edison, author of Pioneering Movements, and you're listening to the Engaging Missions show.
1: Welcome to the Engaging Mission Show with Brian Ensminger. We are bringing missions home. Each week, we hear from missionaries, ministry leaders, disciple-makers, and church planters as they share about God's work in their lives and ministries. Like us, they are ordinary people who serve an extraordinary God. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Brian Ensminger.
0: Welcome to the Engaging Missions show. In this week's episode, we're going to talk with Tim, Lydia, and Caleb about their heart in ministry, about what prompted them to involve their children in ministry, how having children with them has opened up some doors, and also how God got them through a really difficult season. Now, if you haven't already guessed, we are continuing our series on involving children in ministry. And one thing that I've forgotten to mention in the past is that if you visit the show notes page, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Lydia, you'll be able to find links to the other episodes in the series. So if you missed something and you want to go back and find just those, that's the easy way to do it. Now, as far as today, we're going to talk about what I shared with you, but then I've also got some links and some resources that I'll be sharing with you. And then one other thing I wanted to mention, if you like to listen on the go like I do, I'd like to recommend audible.com. That's how I listen to a lot of books when I, when I have time to listen to them. And it's something that I've been doing for quite some time. When I first signed up for them, I actually got the Bible as my free book. It was about 90 hours of audio. And I got that absolutely free just for trying out their service. If you use the link engagingmissions.com slash free book, you can also try out their service absolutely free and choose whatever book you'd like to download. And then if you want to stick with it, of course you can, but you're not required to. There's no cost no obligation. It's just an opportunity to try that out. But when you do, not only do you get a free book, but you also give an opportunity for me to continue with the show because I get a little bit of money by referring it. So engagingmissions.com slash free book. If you're interested, give it a try. With that, we're going to get right into this week's episode. All right, let's get started today. We're continuing our series on involving children in ministry This is something that's becoming near and dear to my heart because I look back over the years and how my my parents and my family sewed into my life and it's something that I want to learn how to do with my kids And it's also something that I think is really valuable today. We're welcoming Tim and Lydia, and one of their children, and I do want to mention we 're using some pen names today for security reasons, so I just want to be transparent with you about that, but we 're going to go with Tim and Lydia. They were involved in a church plant in Texas for a few years, and then God really started to capture their heart for the nations and move them into some training in uh, discipleship making and church planting now they 're in Asia, and while they 're there, they and their children are involved in active ministry so that 's part of why we have them good on, on the show so Tim, Lydia, welcome to the show. Yeah, howdy. thank you. <laughs> and you know what? One thing I forgot to ask: we have pen names for you, but what about for your son? Do we have a name for him as well?
2: Uh, we can just call him Caleb.
0: Caleb. All right, we'll go with Caleb. So before we get into the 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 meat of this, I, I <clears throat> excuse me, as I look over what we've talked about, there have been some pretty significant transitions in your life, and one of these I'm wondering about is were your children always involved in ministry?
2: The answer to that is, uh, I guess, really no. Um, uh, when they were young, uh, not so much. When we were doing our church plant, our kids were, I guess, really four and under, and they were more just along for the ride at that point. Um, and the the ministry model that, that we were doing also didn't lend well to them being involved as much. But as we started shifting to going to the nations and started learning about how do we do cross-cultural ministry, how do we do all sorts of things, <clears throat> our ministry model started changing as well. And uh, and we started finding that we were able to include our kids. So really it was about three, three years ago that we started including our kids in ministry. Wow,
0: that's great. Yes. Oh, go ahead, please.
3: Um, no, I was just going to say that we um, kind of with, more of a mentality of this is a lifetime thing. We are, we're in it for the long haul and there are no children's programs and all this stuff overseas. So knowing that this is going to be a lifetime thing, we really had more of a desire for our children to be involved also.
2: Yeah. And, and really one of the, I guess, piggybacking on that is a friend counseled us and said, you're not, you're not a missionary with a missionary wife and missionary kids you guys are missionaries. You're a family of missionaries. And so that's been one of the driving factors that's keeping us striving to keep the kids very much involved.
0: Okay. Yeah. And we're definitely going to get back a little bit more into how you're involving your kids. I did want to kind of key in on something though, because you mentioned that there was something that shifted about your ministry model that made it a little bit easier to involve your kids. Can you share a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, before we were involved in a, um, a, it was a college student focused ministry model. And so there was just a lot of like inviting them to big events and and trying to get them to come into small groups with us and do community together, do life together, and then share with them through that. We've really shifted into more of a model where we are going to people, we are going into homes, we are going to meet people out and about, and, and it's done more family on family, and their kids are usually involved. If they have them, If not, they love kids anyway here. So, but really, it's more something where we can just do it more naturally as a family. It's not this big organized event that's supposed to have you know everything work nicely and smoothly. It just kind of has a little bit more of a natural flow.
2: Yeah, which means you can have kids screaming in the background, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can have them running in and out, and, and then like we'll bring our kids to go read the Bible with another family or something that's expressed interest in, in learning more about Jesus, and our kids will play with their kids, and we'll read, or or we'll go out, and go out uh, in Austin, we'd go out and share, share the gospel, either in parks or in apartment complexes, and we could just take our kids with us. It made us, I think, more relatable, because mm-hmm. it was real life.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of cultures, from what I understand, the, the children are much more included in daily life than than typically in the U.S. As I'm thinking yeah. about all of these transitions, it, it would seem like it could be really potentially difficult to lead a family through the the kinds of changes that you're talking about, from being part of a church plant to changing ministry models, from being part of the corporate world in the United States to being a missionary as a person who wants to make sure that I lead my family. Well, do you have any tips or keys for how you've been able to lead through transition? Oh man. So many,
2: (laughs) I I might let, I might let Caleb respond a little bit here and just things that he's experienced through the transition. And then, and then uh, Lydia and I can respond as well. As we made transitions to, to Austin, what do you think were some of the the hard points and some of the, the the tricks that helped us get through? Um. (laughs) <laughs> Is that too general of a question?
3: So. Need a little more specific?
2: Yeah, I remember we were talking about what did you like about when we moved to Austin? What were some of the, the hard things as well?
3: Hard things? Sometimes your house isn't seriously like the best, mm. but.
0: And
2: <laughs> but it worked, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as we made transitions, did you like going out with us to go meet people? Yeah. Yeah? Did you like going with us to people's houses? Yeah. Yeah? Was it fun? hmm Yeah. So, yeah, we had many challenges along with the transitions, and some of them was we, we stepped out of a, a nice big home on a cul-de-sac into a, a, a duplex with no backyard when we moved to Austin. And so the kids had to transition there. But what it made us do is it made us be more aware of parks around our place and made us think about other areas where we can go do things as a family. It also changed our family dynamic, whereas at home we just let the kids go play in the backyard while we, while we would do something in the house. We now had to go out and do things as a family because we, we didn't have a place for them to just go run. We'd have to, as a family, go somewhere and do something.
3: And that also lent for more time with other people because you go to the park and it's a great place to meet people.
2: And so the whole lifestyle change ended up being beneficial for me as a workaholic dad trying to always get something done had to decidedly go make time for my kids which also happened to help us in our our new lifestyle for ministry that was a major a major part of it and really i guess one of the things that we one of the filters that we started saying okay things are changing rapidly and we could end up Going in many different directions, but one of the things that we started realizing as God broke our heart is that our our primary purpose is that god 's name would be glorified, and his his kingdom would, would would come in a way that is reaching just many hearts and so basically, as we were making decisions and transitioning, we kept asking ourselves how will how can we maximize his name being glorified and and that 's what helped us keep making transitions to a lifestyle that would proclaim jesus more and so it, it really just helped us make the transition from being in the corporate world to full-time missionary. I'm not saying that you have to be full-time missionary for God's name to be glorified to the utmost in your life. But mm-hmm. for us, God was clear that that's what he had for us. And so that was a, a guiding, really just habit that we had.
0: That, that's good. And you, you've mentioned a, a little bit about the challenges. Were there also maybe some fears involved with some of the transitions you've gone through? Or was it was it relatively easy? Yeah, I'll let my wife
3: speak to that one. (laughs) Yeah. um, So there were a lot of fears. Fears of stepping out and actually like talking to people I don't know. (laughs) I'm a big introvert. And fears of just the unknown, stepping into things that we don't know. But I would say from that one, we've made a lot of those steps in the last few years. And it's like every time that we step into one, we go into it with a little bit more faith than we did the time before. But then also... For me, a big one was fear for our children's safety. Mm. Just knowing we would you know, probably be going overseas and just living in a completely different context, that was a big struggle for me. But when we were in, still in Austin shortly after we'd moved there, I was pregnant when we moved there, and we ended up losing our baby at 21 weeks pregnant. And that yeah. was the hardest thing that we've ever been through but God used it in a mighty way in us and solidified in us that I couldn't protect that baby even inside of me. It doesn't matter where in the world I was living. Really, God is in control and God is our protector and God is the one who really who is over our safety and also gave me a more eternal perspective. All of us, I think, a more eternal perspective of just realizing like there really is eternity and, you know, our baby's waiting there for us. But Also, like, everything that we're doing here, like, is it goes through this filter now of, like, okay, is this going to just impact this lifetime or is this going to impact eternity? I think it just made eternity more real to us. Yeah. And that casts out a lot of the fears
0: of things that can happen in this life. Wow, that's that's amazing. As as I'm thinking about that, I mean, first off, I just don't want to gloss over that because that's a huge thing to go through. But then to be able to also look back on that and see what God's done, I, I think that's pretty pretty stellar. Can you share maybe a little bit about how God got you through that time? Because obviously, He's poured into your lives.
2: Yeah. That was a defining moment, I think, for us. When I, when I think back, we had just given away half of our stuff and moved to Austin. And honestly, we would gotten rid of this great house and moved into this duplex. And it, it smelled like, like cats um, had urinated <laughs> all over the place. And, oh, no. Uh, and so I'm just like, okay, God, what are you doing here? And then about a month into it, we lose the baby. And I'm like... We just have like done our biggest step of faith ever for you God and and this is how you reward us. And so I was I was angry and, and sad and I remember being one of the most emotional times of my life. But what I learned is that I still had some prosperity gospel deep in my bones that I was aware, unaware of. I also was not aware of how much I did have an idol of safety. And it, God was was in his man in his in his wisdom was Teaching us new things about his heart and the way he wants to provide for us and how we can trust in him and it's I don't need to be trusting in anything that's in my own power but in in his power completely and so as I went through this ordeal I, I came on either side just realizing' I was like I can either believe that God is all-powerful and that this happened according he accordingly he he allowed this to happen or I can just reject God all out came down on the side of yes I know that God loves me very much and it really became a rallying cry for us saying well if Matthew twenty four fourteen is true that the gospel will be preached to all nations and then the end will come, I can either try to see that happen before I die and I get to see my little girl sooner, or we can just wait. And I was like, "Well, let's let's go for broke." <laughs> so that was a, a defining moment for us.
0: Wow, that's powerful. I got to be honest; you've you've really kind of nailed me on a couple of things because I I certainly, as I look at my own life, I still struggle with elements of the prosperity as well. And so I'm looking at this going. Yeah, I don't measure measure up either. With that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'm going to regroup, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more toward how your kids are involved in ministry. Hey, this is Jim from Doing Ministry Well. If you're enjoying the Engaging Missions podcast like I do, we'd be honored if you check out our show, too, at doingministrywell.com. Here's a little bit of what's going on. All right. My thanks to my daughter for making that quick announcement for us. And also I do recommend that you go ahead and check out Jim Baker and Doing Ministry Well. It's one of the podcasts that I really enjoy and I hope that you'll like it as well. Now I mentioned before we started the show that I did have some resources to share with you and I want to do that now. First off, I recently found an article on the five permissions that missionaries need. And I'd recommend that you check that out. You'll find it linked up in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Lydia. Now I don't want to read through the five permissions there or anything like that. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I do think it was really worthwhile because it pointed out really some things that that we need to be reminded sometimes that missionaries are human, that they deal with the same kinds of things. And sometimes they need that permission. So I'd recommend that you check that out. And then also I had an update from... Temple and Brent Cundall, they're missionaries to the Indian population south of London in England. And they sent out an email that had some information about how they're being a people-focused ministry. And I'd recommend that you check that out because there's a prayer request there. And then also, it might just help you to understand a little bit more of what they're able to do and maybe be inspired by what's going on in the world. Now, as far as resources, I've got a bunch to share with you today. First off, just like I talked about last week, I recommend that you check out both Jumpstart 3 and Memory Peel. Both of these are resources for helping your children learn the scriptures. Jumpstart 3 does it by music and hand motions and devotionals. And then Memory Peel offers the same kind of thing, but they're static clings, so they're, they're it's really hard to explain. You almost have to see it. So go to memorypeel.com and check that out. But I think it's really neat because you can put scriptures places to remind you of them. And they have a very special series focused specifically on children. Both of these are amazing resources that you'll find linked up in the show notes. Then also, this was something that wasn't even on my radar till recently. I was talking to my daughter and she wants to become more involved with this podcast. I'm not quite sure how to do that. So I thought about launching an additional podcast where we could talk about Bible stories and when I did when I was thinking about that I reached out to Andrea who's with simply the story and she sent me some resources and then also some information about an upcoming training so if you want to learn more about Bible stories storytelling and maybe how you might be able to use that in discipleship with kids or with mentoring relationships or just with the people that you meet around at work or whatever check those resources out I have that linked up they've got some trainings coming up they've got some great opportunities check that out. All of that is available in the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Lydia. All right, we're back with Tim and Lydia. They just nailed me with some really amazing stuff that they shared in the last section, but now we're shifting our focus a little bit more toward what they have their kids involved with. But before we get into some of that focus, I really want to hear a little bit more from Caleb. So Caleb, what is it that breaks your heart?
2: Um, that people
3: are worshiping idols and they won't be able to be with God when they die.
0: And when you, when you're doing ministry, is there anything that has encouraged or strengthened you? That
3: God is always with
0: me. Okay. And also I remember when we were talking on, in the break, your dad said something about Luke 10, 2, and I probably didn't ask this very well, so I'm, I'm apologizing, but I know that there's something there. Would you mind sharing with us about Luke ten two? there
2: are
3: a lot of people who want to know about jesus but not many people to go tell them so we need to pray to god so that he will send people to go tell them about jesus
2: and we pray this as a family most days don't we Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's good so caleb really seriously thank you for sharing that can you share with us uh, how old are you seven awesome that's great so uh, Tim and Lydia, as you started getting your kids involved, one of the things I'm wondering is, specifically, how did you begin to involve your children? Yeah. You want me to take a stab at it, or do you want to go first?
3: I mean, I can go a little bit. At first, a lot of it was just having them come with us. I mean, they were pretty young. Caleb was old enough to really understand a little bit more of what we were talking about, but most of them were just young. So they would just come along with us and play with the other kids. Mm. I would go out to go meet women in parks, and, and so the kids would come and just play with them while I talked with the moms. Or if I went into someone's home to read with them, to read the word with them, the kids would play together. They've also, as they've gotten a little bit older, gotten a little bit more involved with studying and things like that or with going with us to train. If, we'll, if we do a training, often the kids will go with us. Or one or two kids at a time, maybe, is a little more manageable. <laughs> but they'll come with us, and they'll a lot of times be kind of involved with us in the training. They don't do a lot of the training themselves yet, but they're getting close to that, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll come with us, and they get to watch and and afterwards, Caleb oh, will come up and and you know repeat back the gospel presentation or something like that. So they're soaking it up while they're with us which for young kids, that seems to work pretty well. Mm. It also gives us, we're relatable again at the trainings because they see us trying to manage kids, and it's not a perfectly quiet environment. Yeah. And and so that's both true here in Asia and it's true in the U.S. And so it helps break down some barriers. And in addition to having them come with us, I use my kids as guinea pigs.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> and so uh, <clears throat> I was trying to practice my gospel presentation. I was like, well, you know, Oh, I'd really like my kids to know this as well. And so at night I would go in and I would tell them stories about Jesus, or I would go tell them a story from the Bible that I was wanted to go out and share with somebody. So I was practicing my memorization and practicing things on my kids. So that would be their bedtime story some nights. and made me just tell it very simply and in my own words. And as well as one night they they weren't paying attention very well. And so I remember looking at Caleb and I said, Caleb, I need you to listen to this story so that you can teach it to Brooke, and and Brooke, I need you to listen to it so you can teach Haley, which is like one and a half years old. And uh, I remember a day I was actually it brought me to tears, but I was sitting there at the table working from home, and all of a sudden I hear my my three year old teaching the story to my one year old underneath the table while I'm working, mm. and so I was literally passing down.
3: The five year old had. Taught the three-year-old, and then and the, three-year-old the three-year-old was teaching, year old was teaching the one-year-old, <laughs> and
2: the one-year-old had no clue what was happening, but she was listening. It was crazy. So, <laughs> so yeah, just just seeing that if we make the tools simple enough, they become reproducible.
0: So, one of the things you just just mentioned was making the tools simple enough. Can you share a little bit more about the tools that you're using? So,
2: yeah, I mean, in our in our ministry here, we <laughs> want to enable the the saints. For ministry, and so as we're equipping them, we want to make sure that they can turn around and equip their families and friends and neighbors and coworkers, and and so if if our if our gospel tool is is too complex, people cannot reproduce it. Mm-hmm. And so our kids made a great uh, a great practice ground for us to make sure that things were simple and reproducible. It's like, look, if a five year old, a seven year old can. Repeat this gospel back, you know, we're talking, you know, the whole, the whole thing, right? Getting through death, burial, resurrection, everything. And then we know that it's reproducible enough that somebody that just came to faith could adequately handle the gospel to go take back to their people. Mm. And so that's a principle in our ministry and it also works well in our family.
0: So one of the things that I think you've you've already talked about a little bit are some of the the results and I don't want to be super results oriented but you've definitely talked about how having your kids involved has helped you to connect more with people it's made them or helped make people understand that you're not trying to live a perfect life that you're you're managing a family as well. Are there any other kinds of results that you've seen that are related to how you're involving your kids?
3: I mean I think a huge part of it is just being able to meet people better the kids really do allow us to do that better it's hard to know because we didn't do this before we had kids <laughs> right and so we don't really have a lot to compare it to
2: yeah but it's a lot of fun to do do with kids i guess so i don't know that i can specifically say that anything we're doing is directly related to our kids but we're it's all blended together at this
0: point sure sure that's fair and you know i think maybe just one other question to kind of tie a bow on this section and then we'll take another quick break i've just got one thing that I'm kind of wondering about as you think about your heart for your kids and your heart for your family and the people that you're ministering to if you look down a couple of generations what would you hope to see in your family line what would you hope to see come into the lives of your kids your grandkids and then also the people that you minister to
2: I would really the thing for me is one of our passions is to really help people execute the things that the Holy Spirit is prompting them to do and so I'm like, man, if, if everybody would obey what the Holy Spirit is, is telling them to do, we could see the world reached very, very quickly. And so with that, kind of as I said before, one of our, our kind of guiding principles is that how will God's name be brought the most glory? How will his kingdom be brought to the most hearts? How many of our people will, will hear the gospel today? And so whether that's me directly taking the gospel or whether that's me training leaders that are going to take people take the gospel to people, or whether that's God specifically saying, no, I need you specifically to stay in the workplace. Hmm. If the workplace, if you can literally see that the workplace is going to bring more people the gospel, then that probably means God wants you there. And so so for my kids, I just really want them to, to think through that it's in our ministry, people that are coming to faith, just that they would be doing what the Holy Spirit is prompting them to do, which is going to be in line with God's will and His heart, which is that the whole world would come to know Him. And so... Regardless of what that looks like on our day-to-day tasks, I think that's where I would pray and hope that our, our generations
0: would end up. Wow, that's good. With that, we're going to go ahead and take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus one last time. Normally, I talk about the Leadership Moment podcast a little bit earlier in the show, but there was just so much good stuff to get in that first segment that I didn't want to interrupt that. But I do want to share with you that Scott McClelland of Foundational Missions does have a podcast. It's the Foundational Missions Leadership Podcast, and I recommend that you check that one out. He actually provided that as a segment for this show for a really long time before we ever loaded that as its own podcast. And I think it's really valuable if you're interested in short-term missions, uh, some kind of A vision trip, that kind of thing, or you're interested in leadership, check that out. You'll find it at engagingmissions.com slash leadership moment. And I'm going to play for you just a quick segment from this week's episode of that. And then we're going to come back for one more thing that I think that you'll be interested in.
2: There's a lot for us to learn and there's a lot left for us to demonstrate in God's goodness when it comes to relationship transition. And we need to keep in mind with love as our highest goal, we can navigate relationship transition well.
1: This leadership moment was produced in partnership with Engaging Missions. Have your leadership question answered by contacting Scott at Scott at FXmissions.com. Visit FX Missions to learn more about how you can grow your leadership and engage in missions. Visit engagingmissions.com for encouragement, insight, and resources from missionaries, ministry leaders, and church planters.
0: This just, I just discovered this today and I, it was hot off the press. So I wanted to make sure I talked about it. There's a new app, a new opportunity for giving and connection with the people in need. This is put together by Gret, who's the host of the Bad Missionary podcast. It's one that I subscribe to, I really enjoy it. And it's called Donor C. It's an app, it's a framework, it's a way for missionaries and aid workers to put up a picture of a person in need with the amount of money that's required to get them something that they need, whether it's medicine or training, this could, take a variety of different formats. It's just in its infancy, but there are some great opportunities there to invest in the lives of people in need through missionaries and aid workers. So if that's something near and dear to your heart, check it out because it's different than what you might experience from another organization. It's not put together for, for or by big organizations necessarily. It's put together for people who have boots on the ground, have an opportunity to literally meet people and then, you know, take a picture put together a little bit of information about what's needed, and then also provide a video or a photo as feedback for the people that invested in that opportunity so you can see within a couple of weeks what your investment did. If you want to feel engaged in the mission of God in the earth, I would recommend that you at least check this out. I think it's going to be really cool. It's in its infancies. We can be part of getting that started if you're interested. With that, we're going to get right back into this week's episode. All right, we are back with Tim and Lydia. We just finished up talking a little bit about how they've had their kids involved in ministry. Now we're going to shift our focus a little bit more into some things that I think are going to be really valuable for for you as a listener. So Lydia, we're going to start off with you because you would shared a little bit about what you're doing with your kids, about how you're doing some things a little bit more. Would you just maybe share a little bit about that with us?
3: Sure. We started more recently just... Uh, um, the Lord has been leading me into more and more prayer and, and also into teaching my children to pray and to have hearts of intercession. And so in pursuing that, we have started just praying a lot more with our kids. Like One way we'll do it is we'll pull out pictures of people who we know who are living all over the world and just take turns praying over each one of them and just praying for specific needs of them or just for general, like for God to be moving in in their lives and in their ministries. Or sometimes we'll just pray over friends and family members that we know who are far from God. Or as we walk around here, there, there are just a lot of things that prompt us to realize just how broken this world is. And we see idols, we see temples, we see people, hear people worshiping false gods. And as Caleb shared earlier, that breaks his heart. And so a lot of times he'll even prompt it to pray for them. And, and so we've seen, I think that's been good for our family just to realize that eternity is real and even just the power of prayer and realizing that nothing's going to happen unless God is in it.
0: Wow. That's powerful. And Tim, you had also mentioned that you've started doing some family church. Can you share a little bit about how you're doing that and how you're tuning it specifically to uh, your kids?
2: Yeah, so in family church, our congregation is very unruly and has a very uh, <laughs> short span. And so we started realizing we want to be reading the Bible together and we want to be worshiping and praying together. And so we would listen to the same worship songs. We keep a very small list so that the kids start to understand and, and know the words to just a few worship songs. And then we would read the Bible. and. And we would try to do a reproducible Bible study. Uh, we, we use the sword method, which we'd often ask, what does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about man? Do we need see any sins to avoid or an example or command to obey? And, and we realized that after we asked the God question, and man, maybe we would get it through if we were having a good week. But by the time we got to sins or promises or examples or commands or anything, our, our congregation was toast. <laughs> the seven, five, three, and one-year-olds were no longer cooperating. And so we decided, what if we just ask one question? If we could read the Bible, read a Bible story, and just ask, what does this tell you about God? Who is he? What does this tell you? And it was really rich to start hearing our kids give an answer. Seven, five, three, they all could give an answer of something simple that the story taught them. And so we would then talk about how would we... If that is true of God, how, how can we obey him? How can we follow him better this week on something we just learned? And not every week, but most weeks our kids have come up with something that, that we could do differently. Maybe it's not kicking your sister or something, you know, like. And so that, that simple Bible study was very, very short, but very, very effective. And it was helping us mitigate the knowledge versus obedience problem of our kids just gaining more and more knowledge without obedience so that was a big a big win for us.
0: All right, and shifting our focus a little bit more toward the listeners, if somebody's listening to this and they're going, you know, I, I have kids or I have grandkids or perhaps I'm involved in mentoring some kids, and I'd like to take a step toward this, is there a resource that you'd point them to?
2: Besides the Bible, <laughs>
0: that's a fair. Yeah,
2: man, I think if your heart breaks for the lost, you'll make plenty of errors like we're making. And you'll figure it out as you go. And so, if the desire is to impact lostness, I think that's huge. And so, really, anything that propels you towards that, saying, we want to see more of lostness impacted, we want to see those far from God. And as, as we got involved more with church planning movements, we just realized that this can reach every culture, all different peoples, and it's multiplying around the world. The world now, and so with that, I would say any any of these CPM resources—they've helped us develop a strategy for our family to be involved with God's will and heart that is forcing us to figure out how to get our family, yeah, just really more involved. And so, one book I would say is *Pioneering Movements* by Steve Addison. Mm. It does a great job of just kind of outlaying some basic principles, and then from there, let your interests guide you to more extra biblical work, uh, extra biblical reading as as desired.
0: Okay. If somebody wanted to connect with you, is there a good way for them to do that?
2: Yeah. The best way to do it would be via email. And so email address would be RLA101412 at AsiaConx.com.
0: Okay. And for those of you who are driving to work right now, trying to write that down, don't worry about it. We'll have it in the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Lydia. We'll make sure that that's linked up for you. Do you guys have any parting advice for our listeners?
2: Well, there was one, one thing I guess is as the, as the nations, as, you know, as in missions world, we call unreached people groups. The U S is continuing to be a destination for many unreached people groups. And so likely it won't be hard for anybody in the U.S. to find somebody that doesn't look like them. They're from other places around the world. And I'd say go engage them. Go go talk to them. And many of these people have been, they're some of our nearest and dearest friends. Before we left left the U.S., we got to talk with many people from all over. And we just got to have our cultural assumptions of the way we do ministry or the way we view God or the way we view the world challenged even through just simple conversations with these with these amazing men and women and their families. And so um just realizing that yeah, I wanna be I wanna see what assumptions in my Christian walk have led to traditions in my Christian walk that are actually keeping me from exercising what God has for me. And it was through talking with people from all different walks of life that God was able to use all sorts of people to challenge that in our life.
0: Wow, that's good stuff. Tim, Lydia, and Caleb, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
3: Definitely. Thank you.
0: Yeah, glad to be here. Well, that's all the time that we had with Tim, Lydia, and Caleb. I would like to extend my sincere thanks to them for making the time to do this. I know that it can be challenging to work all of that out, and I really appreciate it. As I mentioned before, you'll find the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Tim and Lydia. That's where you'll find links to all of the resources that we talked about, as well as a few things that you can tweet or share out on on social media if you're interested. Please take a minute to check out com. That's dot ecom I think this is going To be really cool. I think it's worth at least checking out. And next week, if all goes well, we're going to be hearing from a couple of church planters in South Florida. They'll be continuing our series on. Uh, involving children in ministry. I think that's going to be great, but it's not recorded yet. So I'm, I'm telling you, I think this is what's going to happen, and I really hope that it will because I think it's going to be good. We are very, very close to closing out this series. We've just got a couple more episodes to record and get going, and I think it's going to be really, really good. One thing I would like to ask of you, if you haven't already, if you know somebody who would benefit from this show, please let them know about it. I would love to see all kinds of tweets and links and stuff on social media. All of that stuff is wonderful. It makes me feel good about myself. Reviews in iTunes, that stuff. But what really makes a difference is if you sit down with somebody for a cup of coffee and they've got a problem, they've got something going on in their life, you shoot them an email because you know they might be interested because you know something that might be of value to them. Let them know about this show. If you think it would be, benefit them, let them know about this show. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks
1: for listening to The Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this, along with show notes, by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest rating and review in iTunes. Audio editing was provided by Jeff Butterworth of Sound Paradigm Studio. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.